Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to Stories from the Village of Nothing Much. Like easy listening, but for fiction. I'm Catherine Nikolai. I write and read all the stories you'll hear on The Village of Nothing Much. Audio engineering and sound design is by Bob Wittersheim. A few years ago, I had the idea to create a podcast of bedtime stories to help folks relax and drift peacefully to sleep. And it works for millions of people all over the world. In fact, maybe it works too well. Because my listeners often tell me that after a few weeks of listening, they fall asleep within seconds of hearing my voice. And sometimes they wish they could stay awake to actually hear the stories. Other listeners told me how helpful the stories were just for relaxation and soothing anxiety. And since that can happen at any time of day, I wanted to create a version of my show for listening at any time, without the fear you might fall asleep. So Bob and I have compiled collections of some of our favorite stories. I've re-recorded them in a less soporific voice, so you probably won't fall asleep. And we've added some sound design to make the world of nothing much happens a little more textured. We think this would make for particularly good listening when you're out on a walk or you're doing chores or you're in your commute. If you've never heard my stories before, welcome. I write conflict-free fiction that is family-friendly, and celebrates small, everyday moments. Not much happens in them, hence the name, but, and maybe you can relate to this, sometimes those are the nicest moments in books, before the inciting incident, when it's just life. That's what I write about. My stories all take place in what I call the village of nothing much. And if you listen closely, you might catch a few Easter eggs along the way. Now, just because it feels good. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Nice. One more. Breathe in and sigh out. 
good. Our stories today center around the holiday season and take place in downtown and the neighborhood surrounding it. We'll meet up with friends for the tree lighting and watch the first flakes fall and bustle in the city. Then we'll celebrate the first night of Hanukkah with family and remember a sweet memory from childhood and light a candle. Finally, we'll unpack our wares at the Maker's Fair downtown and get a cup of something warming from a street vendor in Winter Market. Bustle in the City From the frosty window of my little apartment, I could see through the streets of downtown and into the park where the big Christmas tree was being strung with lights. It had come in on a long, flatbed truck this morning, and since then, clusters of people, bundled in coats, had busied themselves around it. It had taken a while, and some yelling and frantic arm-waving from the people in charge, but now it stood straight and tall in the middle of the park, and in a few hours it would be lit for the first time this season. I stepped back from the window and looked around at my own snug space, which I'd just finished decorating. Strings of colored fairy lights circled around the windows and stretched across the bricks and beams of the old apartment. My little tree set up on a table by the window, with just lights and some paper ornaments I'd cut myself, blinked merrily, and I knew my neighbor and her little girl in the apartment across the street could see it from their window, and I liked that. I took a last sip from my cup of cinnamon coffee and set it in the sink. I was meeting some friends in the park for the tree lighting, but first had a bit of shopping to do. So I tied on my boots, wrapped my coat and scarf tight around me, and found the mittens I'd somehow not lost yet, and headed out. I lived on the third floor of an old brick building, right in the center of the city. There were only a few apartments in the building, all like mine, little rooms with tall ceilings and old wood floors. I took the stairs down to the street and stepped out into the afternoon air. It was cold, and I filled my lungs. I could smell the chilled, clean scent of snow in the air and the fresh green pine scent of the tree that would be lit tonight. On the street level of our building, we had a sweet little bookshop that I stopped into at least once a week. They were open late tonight, and I looked in through the shop front and watched a few people browsing and reading. They had a reading nook set right into the front window of the shop, with a broad wooden bench and a curved canopy of walnut above it. A boy in his teens sat in it, engrossed in a book about a starship and a mission to Mars. I saw the owner of the shop behind the register, and we waved at each other, and I started to walk. The streets were busy, people shopping, looking at the window displays, and bumping into friends on the corners. I had a favorite shop on the next street. They sold pretty stationery, funny old cards, and a strange collection of music, and nice-smelling soaps, and potted plants, and hand-knitted scarves. I had a feeling that the owner just randomly bought anything he liked and put it out without any sort of plan. Sometimes the best plan is no plan. 
I was looking for a card for a friend of mine who lived on the other side of the world. I didn't send many Christmas cards, but I wanted to send one to her. I liked thinking of her opening her letterbox and seeing my handwriting on the envelope and feeling like she was home. I thumbed through the cards and found one with a vintage illustration that reminded me of my little tree up in the window. I bought it and tucked it into my bag and stepped back out onto the streets. I stopped in a few more shops on my way to my friends. I bought a pair of earrings to send to my sister, a book about identifying native birds for a friend, and on a whim, a jigsaw puzzle for the little girl across the street. I could hear music coming from the park. It was getting darker, and I made my way through the bustling crowds to the center of town. I spotted my friends clustered around the front door of a coffee shop across from the park, and I called out to them. This was a yearly tradition. Sometimes we got dinner, sometimes we sat in the pub all night. But always, we watched the tree lighting and shared some holiday cheer. We were a big group and took over some seats and benches around a heater on the edge of the park. Someone had thought ahead and brought a thermos of hot chocolate and some paper cups. We passed it around and sent a few of our number out to the street vendors for popcorn and those hot candied nuts they tie into paper cones. The square around us was filling up with people. More friends, shopkeepers, and people I passed on the street every day. More families with kids sitting on shoulders to get a good view of the tree. It was almost time. The band got a bit louder and the crowd turned its attention as one toward a stage up front. Someone with an old microphone was speaking on a fuzzy, far-off speaker, telling us what we already knew. The holidays were here. In the dark nights, there was also light, and coming together to share it was a good idea. The drum rolled. The kids clapped and stomped in a fever of anticipation. There was a moment of quiet all over the city. And then the lights came on. A tower of a tree stood lit in her glory in our park. And we all clapped and whistled our approval. Not long after, we called it a night. We squeezed hands and hugged and pressed cold cheek to cold cheek and said, Happy Holidays and be safe, and sleep tight. The streets were looped with strings of lights, and I took my time walking back to my flat, looking in the shop windows, and smelling the good smell of the vendors and cold night air along the way. I liked my life. I liked to be out in the bustle of the city, out with my friends, busy and merry on a December night. But I also liked the quiet solitude of my little apartment. The stillness, the simple decorations I'd set up, the sound of the old radiators hissing with steam. The bookshop was closed up now, the streets were quieting, and just as I turned to go in, a few silent flakes floated down, and I caught them in the palm of my mittened hand. I smiled up at the street lights showing a pattern of fluffy flakes coming down. 
I couldn't wait to watch them from my favorite window upstairs, curled onto my chair with a blanket tucked around me. I turned the key and tucked myself in for the night. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Light a candle. It had started slow, like a snowball rolling down a soft slope. The darkness arriving earlier each day. In the autumn, I barely noticed it. But in the last few weeks, that snowball had picked up speed. And now it was ready for a top hat, carrot, and twig arms. All at once, it was dark before dinner time, and not just dusky, not the extended gloaming of summer, but sudden as if a switch had been flipped. I mostly enjoyed it, took it as a signal to go to bed a bit earlier, and generally to spend more time cozied up at home. I tried to think about 
how my ancestors would have met the change of season. Those that had lived on farms would have taken time to rest, to turn their attention to making things rather than growing them, and looked forward to visits from neighbors and family. And those that lived in cities and towns would have looked for lighted windows in the houses of friends, shoveled snow away from the doorsteps, and bought or made special treats for special days. I thought it must be a universal experience when the sunrise and sunset get closest together, that people look for a reason to celebrate something, to enjoy favorite flavors, to sing or dance, and to light a candle. Tonight, we were lighting the first candle, gathering at my uncle's house, with cousins and grandparents and siblings. Someday soon, it would be the turn of the younger generation to take over the hosting duties, but tonight I was happy to simply show up and be fed, be surrounded by my family, play with the kids, and relax. I had a few simple gifts to share. Usually, on the first night of Hanukkah, we kept it to chocolate and dreidels for the little ones. I had a bag full of gelt, but also a few really delicious, fancy chocolate bars for the grown-ups. Driving over, the sun was getting low, and I thought I would be there just in time. We lit the candle as the sun set. Looking at the candy tucked in its bag beside me, and thinking of nightfall, I had a sudden flash of memory. Riding in the dark often brought it back, and it was a beloved recollection. I'd been 10 or 11, riding in the car with my mom. She'd picked me up from band practice, and my clarinet in its case was wedged between my feet. There was a song playing on the radio, something we both knew and sang along to together. Driving through town, the streetlights reflected on my window and I got lost in watching people on the street. My mom kept a secret stash of chocolate-covered raisins in the armrest console between us, and she'd revealed them to me with a wink. We took the long way home, eating candy, singing to the music, and watching the lights. It had become something we shared, and I looked forward to it whenever I sat in the half-circle in the band room beside the flutes and the saxophones, squeaking on my reed, and now, many years later, it came back to me like a sweet, reoccurring dream whenever I drove in the dark at the beginning of the winter. At my uncle's house, the driveway was full of cars, and I smiled to myself as I parked and walked to the door. I could hear the voices of so many of the people I loved, talking, laughing, directing the cooking in the kitchen and the setting of the table in the dining room. In my family, you don't have to come in the front door and you don't need to knock or be formal with a greeting. Once you're family, you just come in. So that's what I did. I pulled open the side door that led into the kitchen and stepped into the thick, delicious smell of fried treats. I pulled off my coat and found a spare hook for it in the hall. It seemed the rooms were sorted by generations as I walked through. 
My parents and aunts and uncles were in the kitchen, frying off the last batch of latkes. There was always a slight difference of opinion about the cooking, and as I swiped a piece of rugelach from a plate and ducked out, I heard the usual argument about the jelly donuts, store-bought versus homemade, going on behind me. My grandparents were already at the table, waiting with varying levels of patience for the evening to begin. The youngest ones were running with excitement through the living room, out the back door, into the yard, and then back in again. My cousins and siblings were chatting in clusters, wine glasses in their hands, teasing the way only people who've known each other their whole lives can do. That's the thing about families. I mean, I loved my friends, and I had holiday traditions to look forward to with them, too. But family love is of a different sort, deep and abiding, unmoved by the years. I was handed a glass of my own and savored the last bite of the rugelach, the cinnamon and ground walnut filling melting in my mouth and was shooed out of the way as plates were carried through to the dining room. I moved into a corner by the front door, just standing with my glass in my hand and watching the activity. One of my young cousins came to stand next to me, leaning her shoulder against my side, and I slipped my arm around her. She was a quiet kid, probably a little overwhelmed by the noise. And though I wondered how school was going, I didn't ask her just now. I was usually the person she went to when she needed an anchor in the storm, as I was most likely to be the family member watching and listening rather than talking and asking questions. I thought it was possible that when she was older, when she had her own house full of people to feed on Hanukkah, she might have a memory of a shared moment with me, like I had of driving at night with my mom. And in that moment, night fell. The windows were dark and we found our way to the table. We would recite the blessings, sing the songs, and light the first candle. We often only got to be all together on one night of the eight, but each of us in our own homes would add another candle each night. I'd heard a haiku once, written hundreds of years ago in Japan, but it felt very familiar. It said simply, light one candle with another, any evening of spring. Yes, all over the world, we had an instinct to pull each other through the darkness of winter and into the light again. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today 
at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's Dime beautyco.com code get time for 20% off winter market the booths were set up around the edge of the square with more here and there along main street clustered on the corners and a few even spilling into the park we'd put them up the day before and as i only use mine a few times a year when i unpacked the parts and pieces I stared at them for a few minutes, trying to remember how they went together. Luckily, my market neighbor, whose canopy was already in place, lent a hand. The village had dropped off buckets full of sand to hold the poles in place, and he hauled a few over and helped me to click the supports together and tie the canvas to the frame. Mine had side flaps to help keep the heat in, or rather, the cold out, as it was December and the chill was part of the experience. This morning, I'd woken up with excitement to show and sell my wares, to talk with customers and meet other vendors and just be in the bustle of the market. My first job when I was a teenager and in need of some pocket money over the summer had been at the farmer's market. And while the mornings had come early, I'd quickly fallen in love with the fresh air the people who chatted over the ears of corn and bouquets of wildflowers in a way that I just knew they didn't at the grocery store, and the people who proudly grew the food that fed so many. Maybe that's why, even though I only did a few markets a year, they always felt like coming home. I doubled up my socks as I got dressed, put on a few layers under my coat, and made sure I had a hat that went over my ears and gloves to keep my fingers warm. I usually filled my plaid thermos with tea or hot cider, but last year I hadn't drunk any of it because there had been so many good things to try from the street carts that I'd completely forgotten it in my bag. So this year instead I put some extra dollars in my pocket and backed the car full of my crafts out onto the street and drove to downtown. I was a potter. I made vases, pitchers, mugs and bowls. 
I used clay from a quarry a few towns over, spun my pieces on my wheel in my spare room behind the kitchen, and fired them off in my very own kiln in the basement. I'd been making pottery since my freshman year of high school when I'd signed up for an art class. Drawing and painting had never felt natural to me. Not saying I couldn't have learned, but there was something about the tactile experience of smoothing and shaping the clay that was a hundred times more accessible to me. And I looked forward to third period every day. I made the basic first projects that many students start with, pinch pots and hand-coiled mugs, small and sometimes unrecognizable molded animals and birds, reliefs carved with tiny loop and ribbon tools. My friend and table mate had made a sculpture. The comedy and tragedy masks stuck back to back with a hollow space between them. She'd filled the space with scrunched-up newspaper, which would burn to nothing in the kiln, and cleverly stuck a few balls of clay into the paper. When the piece came out, she shook it, and it rang like a bell as the balls bounced around inside. I'm still inspired by that kind of creative thinking, and looked for my own ways to do more than what was expected with my pieces. When I found a spot downtown, not too far from my booth, I carefully loaded a few boxes onto my dolly, a small purchase I'd made a few years ago, and found more than worth its price. I eased the dolly up over the curb and made my way past many other artists and makers to my spot. It took a few trips, but soon I was unloading my plates and bowls and putting them out on the tables and shelves I'd set up the night before. My helpful neighbor came over to see my wares, and I went to his tent to look at the jewelry he made with reclaimed metals he bought at tag sales and swap meets. There was so much creativity and talent right here in our little town. I was proud of all of us as I went to find something to drink. The village put out braziers on the street corner, and they were beginning to be stoked up. I watched a woman with a wheelbarrow full of logs and kindling go from one to the next, building fires. The public hadn't arrived yet, but most of the tents were up and ready, and I strolled through a few. There were a lot of handicrafts, especially for the holidays. Tree skirts and hand-painted bulbs. Mobiles of stars and angels and embroidered stockings. Then there was a whole street full of greenery, fresh cut from the Christmas tree farm. I could smell the fresh pine boughs bound together into garlands that could be bought by the foot or made into arrangements with pine cones and red ribbons for front porch pots. I definitely wanted a few of those. I laughed thinking, as per usual, however much I might make selling my own pieces, I'd probably only break even today. Oh well, there were no people I'd rather spend my money with than fellow makers in my own little town. I smelled hot chai and stepped up to a cart where a big copper pot full of it was steaming. I watched as the tea maker lifted ladlefuls of it a foot into the air and let it pour back into the pot, frothing it with the movement. I could smell cardamom and cinnamon and strong black tea. I ordered two cups, thinking I might take one to my market neighbor. The cups warmed my hands as I worked my way back. The sun was rising higher, and its bright light shone through the cold morning. 
I closed my eyes for a moment and felt it shining on my face. I noticed more people arriving, and I thought, I better get back to my tent to greet my customers. There was a man with a grill-topped cart, embers glowing and hot, and I watched him score shiny black chestnuts with a small knife and pop them onto the grill. Oh, I'd have to come back for some of those later. When I rounded the corner at my tent, I found my neighbor coming toward me. He had two cups in his hands as well, and we laughed as our eyes met. Obviously, we'd both had the same idea. Well, it was likely to be a very good day at the market. We hope you enjoyed spending some time with us in the village of Nothing Much. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, keep looking for small moments to revel in. Keep looking for ordinary magic. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.